but I guess I felt led to stand up and share because there were some things even in open worship as we were listening, as we were in the silence, that I was sensing for me even related or unrelated to the sermon. And you all are so very honest, and I invite you to be vulnerable. And so I thought, well, um, I'll do the same. And part of what I realized is that for the last few weeks, I've been on my own journey, a journey which I've realized that has prompted me to give a lot of thought to my life, but also has sort of bled its way into my messages as well. The last few weeks have been on this journey of grief, this journey of thinking about the fragility of life and thinking about how fragile time can be. And so there's part of me which during the week I wrestle with that and ask myself, what does it mean for me in terms of realizing how fragile life is and where am I spending my time? And then at the same time I realize I get easily frustrated, easily frustrated at folks that I look at and see but you are just simply sleeping through life. Wake up. Realize that life is rich and full with so much potentiality. Don't drift off. And so I find myself sort of caught between asking myself those questions and wanting everyone else to realize them and see them as well. Which brings me to part of my message, or my message, I guess, in general. It's going to be somewhat invitational. You know, when pastors preach, they can, be, they can have proclamational messages. But this is going to be invitational. In other words, in, invitation to kind of a journey and to think about this. Glenn mentioned last week uh, one of the quotes in the bulletin, and it was this one. Only when we allow ourselves to be present to our circumstances can we hope to wake up spiritually. The present is this raw material we have to work with. It is where we have possibility to grasp. Part of waking up is learning to simply stay put, to not be so elsewhere that we're not at home when God comes knocking. In other words, the raw material of our spiritual awakening really is our own life. It's already with us. That's why I sort of posed the question this morning, am I listening to the primary source? Am I listening to Christ within? Am I listening to what's going on inside of me, what is being spoken to me? And part of this unsettledness of my soul, as I said, is seeing folks wake up for a period of time but then drift off to sleep again. You know, the waking up can be preceded by some kind of crisis or a disruption. Maybe someone um, close to them passes or a marriage is at a crossroads or a new chapter in one's life is opening up or someone has a deeper feeling for hunger, for meaning and purpose and they wake up and they start to think about that but all of a sudden after a while they just, eh, you know, life goes back to normal again. And the big questions kind of get put to the side. And we don't deal with them anymore. Because I think we find that soul work, S-O-U-L, can be hard work. And when we find that soul work is hard work, then I may not want to engage in it. I kind of do the things in my life, the patterns and the habits and the routines, that can kind of keep me from thinking about it. Which leads me to say this. I would rather live with a broken foot than wrestle. And that probably needs some explanation. See, in high school, I did not like to wrestle. I wasn't on the team, which is a good thing, but I hated it when the wrestling section came up in gym class. You know how gym classes had the different sections. Just something about 
wrestling and being put in constant headlocks and someone bigger than me piling on me so bad that I couldn't breathe just did not appeal to me. I think it had to do with the fact that when I was in elementary school, I got into enough fights on the playground and lost enough of them and ended up on the bottom that somehow wrestling just did not appeal to me anymore. So you can imagine how relieved I was my sophomore year in high school when I broke my foot in a church league basketball game. Broke four bones, four out of five, I broke all four of them, just about the time the wrestling section came up in gym class. And it was this aha moment in the emergency room where I was like, oh, my foot hurts so bad. I don't have to wrestle. I've got a cast on for six weeks. I'll be on crutches. Someone gets to carry my books. I get out of early for class. All that good stuff. So I was the one that sat on the sideline with my cast on my crutches and watched while everyone else had to dress out and wrestle. At least I didn't have to for six weeks. I thought about that image. And I thought about how I don't like to wrestle in other ways. I don't like to wrestle with the issues in my life. I don't like to wrestle with questions that surface in my soul when life doesn't make sense and my faith can't seem to make it right or put it all together again. I don't like to wrestle with relationship issues that put me in conflict with others, especially when I know I'm right and they're wrong. I'm just kidding. But I don't like wrestling with relationship issues that put me in this place of conflict with others. I don't like wrestling with those parts of me that I know I need to change if I'm going to grow in a mostly mature fashion, but I get stubborn and I dig in and I'm thinking, but I am right. And half the time I'm not. I just don't like to wrestle with that because, believe it or not, sometimes I don't like change. My patterns are pretty comfortable. My reactions are pretty comfortable. Even though they may be wrong, they're pretty comfortable. But sometimes they need to change. Sometimes I need to grow up. Sometimes I need to be different, but I don't like wrestling with that. So you see, I'm not a big wrestling fan. I really, really don't cherish that very well, which leads me to Jacob's life. See, I'm now caught up with Jacob in our scripture. And by the way, let me make this comment about my foot, about my cast, about my four broken bones. wrote this little note right here in my notes this morning as I was thinking about this, and it occurred to me. Sometimes we would rather stay stuck in our brokenness than grow into wholeness. Sometimes I would rather stay stuck in my brokenness than grow into wholeness. Because here's the thing. If I stay stuck in my brokenness, at least I can stay on the sidelines of life and I don't have to assume responsibility. If I can stay stuck in my brokenness, at least I stay on the sidelines and I don't have to face the challenges. And if I stay stuck in my brokenness, I have a whole array of excuses of why I am the way I am. And I don't have to take responsibility for becoming a different person. I told you this message was going to be largely invitational, inviting you maybe to think about your own life as I try to process my own journey. Which leads me to Jacob. Jacob was a person coming to this defining moment in his life. The son of Isaac, the son of Rebekah, you read the story, don't have enough time to get into it here, but you read Genesis, and Jacob's life was defined by a couple things, mostly this, deceit, duplicity, and manipulation. 
grabbing and taking whatever he wanted because he felt he was entitled. In fact, when Jacob was born, you remember his brother, Esau. Jacob entered the world grabbing the heel of Esau as they were born as twins, and so Jacob was named the grabber, which for him became known as the manipulator. He manipulated the blessing out of his father. He manipulated his uncle into marrying his wife. He manipulated Esau, everything Jacob could manipulate for his own, and he manipulated. That is how he got on in life. So Jacob is at a crossroads. He's at a crossroads in his journey and his soul. And I feel, I really feel as if he is just tired. He's tired from running from his issues. He's tired of running from his life. He's tired from running from what he needed to deal with. And namely, he's tired from running with this issue he has with his brother. Esau. I see this all the time in life, by the way. Eventually, we all get tired of having that long-standing conflict with someone in our life. And just out of exhaustion, we say, enough is enough. I've got to cross that river, and I've got to make amends. I've got to cross that stream, and we need to reconcile. Sometimes we get so tired of the conflict, we just say, whatever it takes, I'm just going to go over there. Jacob was literally worried that Esau would kill him. But at some point, we just say, enough is enough, whatever it takes. I'm putting myself out there. Sometimes we find, by the way, if you read the Jacob Esau story, we assume the worst, but sometimes in reconciliation, we get the best. And reconciliation happens. But that's another sermon. So you have this wrestling match. And this text tells a story of a most unusual wrestling match. Jacob is alone. He needs time by himself And the text says he wrestles with the man until the break of dawn. Now, this is the part I want to put out there for you. Because it was this past week, and I ran this by Linda. I just ran it by her to make sure I was okay with this. And she wasn't telling me whether I was okay or not. She just listened, and she's good at that. It's interesting that most translations will give as the heading to this section, Jacob wrestles with God. But maybe that's just what we assume. It says that Jacob wrestled with God. A man. And I thought about that this past week. And I pondered this the other day, and I wondered if maybe Jacob truly wrestled with a man, but maybe the man he was wrestling with was himself. And everything in life up to that point he needed to deal with and come to terms with and decisions that needed to be made, he was wrestling with himself. Jacob was that man. Theologically, I don't know how that works out, but in some ways in my heart, it made perfect sense to me. Because the person I often wrestle with the most is myself. But here's the thing, when you wrestle with yourself in very real and hard ways, who do you usually ultimately encounter? God. When you choose to wrestle with the hard stuff, when you choose to wrestle with the hard questions, when you choose to wrestle with the hard issues in your life, when you choose to wrestle with what you don't know or what you wish you did know, often when we wrestle, we often encounter who in that wrestling? God. Thomas Merton wrote this, In order to find God, whom we can only find in and through the depths of our own soul, we must therefore first find ourselves. So often when we find ourselves, often when we wrestle with ourselves, often when we enter into those hard places, we find God. One more thought, another fellow by the name of Thomas Keating. The spiritual journey is a journey of self-discovery, since the encounter with God is also an encounter with one's deepest self. 
So here's what I'm inviting us to do, at least at some point in our life. Wrestle with yourself. Wrestle with who you are. Wrestle with what you don't know. Wrestle with, wish, with what you wish you did know. Wrestle with all the places in your life where you find the gaps. The gaps between who you are and the gaps between who you wish you were. The gaps between what you know you are and who you wish you could become. Wrestle with the hard stuff, the disappointment, the sadness. Wrestle with the failure, the guilt, and the shame. Wrestle with the joy, the celebration. Wrestle with the big issues in life. Wrestle with the fact that maybe at this point in your life, you are void of purpose and meaning, and you have no idea what that means. But wrestle with it nonetheless. Because when you wrestle with it finally and ultimately, you will find not only who you are at a very deep level, I guarantee you, and this is a very risky guarantee, but I'm willing to make this guarantee, you will encounter God. You will encounter God. And maybe some of the deepest spiritual encounter you've ever had in your life. Now, what happens to Jacob after this wrestling match? Well, he receives a couple things. He receives a new identity. He was given the name what? Israel. He went from Jacob to being Israel. And I think he received some new courage. He just sort of stood up, headed across that river, and made amends with Esau. All in all, he received what the Bible often calls this blessing. This blessing of all of a sudden being this new and different person. This blessing of receiving this new courage that he didn't have before. This blessing of realizing that he is a different person now because he is engaged in this wrestling that he would have never engaged in before. He was given a new name, a new identity, one of promise and possibility and this profound destiny, and he was given this new courage to move forward into the areas of life that needed to be addressed. And sometimes that's what happens when we wrestle. I won't guarantee you that It'll clear up all your issues. Sometimes what happens is when you wrestle with God and wrestle with yourself, you'll find that there are steps that one needs to take in order for you to make amends. Or there are steps that you need to take in order to grow. There are steps that you need to take in order to become who God has created you to become. By the way, did you ever notice in the Bible, they're always crossing rivers, aren't they? They're always crossing rivers. They had to cross the Red Sea to get to away from the Israelites. They had to cross the Jordan River in order to get to the Promised Land. And Jacob here had to cross a stream, the Jabbok, in order to get to Esau. You see, in the Bible, the water. Now, we look at water as something we like to have fun with and go boating in and swimming in and, and getting refreshed. In the Scriptures, water was an obstacle. It was what stood between you and whatever God had created you to become or to do. It was that challenge, if you will. And so in many ways, I think when we wrestle with ourselves and we wrestle with God, which is sometimes wrestling with God deep inside of us, we find that there are some next steps we have to take in our life. And maybe we didn't realize it up until that moment. But when we wrestle, we hear what those next steps are. It may be, go reconcile with this person. It may be restore this relationship. It may be there are parts of your life that need to be healed and they're not whole yet. I don't know. My wrestling match is different than yours. They're all different. But I think sometimes God says to us, here's what your next step is. 
So what kept Jacob awake? It said he was awake all night. He didn't sleep. It just didn't stop until the break of dawn. What kept Jacob awake is what keeps us spiritually awake, and it's that willingness to wrestle with the questions, the issues, the struggles, and the choices present in our life. And maybe we need to wrestle with who we have been, and we know it's time to make a change. And this wrestling keeps us awake, and it awakens us to the presence of God. And it's often after we experience this kind of spiritual wrestling and engage our struggles that we'll encounter the living God in very profound and transformative ways. You know, it's interesting. We'll close with this. It's interesting. At the end, Jacob walks away with a limp. And I've always wrestled with that. I'm mixing all the metaphors now, but I've always wrestled with that. What does that mean? I don't know. This is maybe a stretch. But, you know, I have met a few veterans in my life. And it's interesting. They may have a scar or they may have a limp. But I've never met a veteran who is embarrassed about their scar or their limp. They wear it, if you will, with what? A sense of pride. Because it was often in that moment that there was a moment of courage. It was often in that moment in which they triumphed. It was often in that moment when they realized that maybe, maybe this could be it, but it didn't. They were given a second opportunity in life. And so they somehow wear that scar or they have that limp, and they'll tell you, I got this in so-and-so. I got this limp in so-and-so. They want you to know where they got that limp from. Because I think it reminds them in some ways that they had a battle, and in that battle, they triumphed. I think also it reminds us that our journey ultimately in life is a journey of vulnerability and weakness. And it's when we are vulnerable, and it's when we are most weak, that God most speaks to us. Maybe not physically. I've been walking with a limp physically the last couple days because I'm getting older and my exercise routine is beginning to wear on me. But I hope in some ways that spiritually I always walk with a limp because I've wrestled with God, because I have been willing to struggle in such a way that it expends me, that it uses up every part of me. And I walk away spiritually exhausted, but I know that in that moment of wrestling, God and I have encountered each other. And I'm a different person when I walk away. We've got some more time. Who do you or what do you need to wrestle with? Where are you encountering God in that wrestling? And what does that look like for you?